0: What is the greatest danger for the Christian? This is a danger that's avoidable, but honestly, it's commonly not avoided. And the reason why it's commonly not avoided is people don't recognize that it's taking place. Maybe I could put it this way. What is the greatest Danger that pride can bring you into. Familiarity. Familiarity is the single biggest danger that a Christian faces. Now, we tend to think to ourselves, I'm supposed to be familiar with the Word of God, right? And the person is thinking to themselves, I'm supposed to be acquainted with the Word of God. That's not what we're dealing with familiarity is not that I'm acquainted. Familiarity is that it's no longer precious. Now, we can become familiar with people, but if we are familiar with people, it's because we have gotten familiar with God. We can become familiar with God because we've become familiar with the Word of God. Familiarity is painfully dangerous. For example, imagine, and I'm not talking about just what's here. This can be in any area of your life. Imagine if Christ was doing a seminar and he rented out a hall. Who do you think would show up? All kinds of people. And they would be glued to every word. Yet how many churches are there where the pastor is speaking and people are either careless about attending or they fall asleep in the message or they lose the message as soon as they go out or the mind wanders, what have you? That's familiarity. Because the truth of the matter is, and I'm not just harping on that, this is just a clear example that I think most people can understand. The fact of the matter is that it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to the churches. There actually is no difference between Christ holding a church service and an anointed pastor holding a church service. But the familiarity does set in. Why do I say there is no difference? Because Jesus said what he said because he heard it from the Father through the Holy Spirit. The pastor in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 hears it from the Holy Spirit and passes it on. When I become familiar with the Word of God, I no longer see the Word of God as precious. A person like that will not see their need for it, let's say, during the week outside of church. Sunday morning Christianity is familiarity. Why? Because we need that relationship with God. We're not Sunday morning Christians. We are Christians all the time. We are Christians because we are one person with Christ and this is now our life. That doesn't change. Whether I'm at church or whether I'm in the shower, that doesn't change. I'm one person with Christ all the time. And so that relationship that I have with Christ is coming all the time. Familiarity says that's not that special anymore. And it is the result of pride. And pride's manifestation, really pride's root is self-orientation. Really kind of they're the same thing. And so, if I'm familiar with the Word of God, I will become familiar with everything. Satan's number one strategy, this is why it's the most dangerous, because it works so well, is to make people familiar. He doesn't say, leave your call. He says, become familiar in your call. He doesn't say, leave your church. He says, be familiar in your church. He doesn't say, get away from your family. He says, be familiar within that relationship to your family. Now, sometimes people think that familiarity is toward people. It's not. Its manifestation can show up that way, but familiarity is invariably toward the Word of God and thereby toward God Himself. Remember, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done it unto me, Jesus said. And so, we can't be surprised if we're familiar with God that we'll become familiar with people. In order to become familiar with people, you got to be familiar with God. In order to be familiar with God, you got to be familiar with the Word of God. It's no longer precious. The reason for familiarity is because there is a lack of love. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love. So the reason for familiarity is a lack of love. If I don't maintain the love of God in my life, I will become familiar. Sometimes people want to enforce pride by refusal to maintain love and say, well, I'm not worthy. To which I say, since when has it become about you? Since when did God change the way that he operates that which he has said, who he is, because of your feelings? That's simply another manifestation of pride. Now, in humility, we keep ourselves in the love of God. We do it by looking for mercy. In every situation I look for the mercy of God, whether it's toward me or toward you, it doesn't make any difference. In every situation I look to apply the mercy of God. If I'm doing well, if I'm doing poorly, it doesn't make any difference. I'm still looking for the mercy of God because even though I may be on top of everything today, without the mercy of God, I'm going to be on the bottom tomorrow. We always look for the mercy of God. We never step into familiarity. Familiarity will tell you, "Eh, it's okay to sin here. I know that's what the Word of God says, but this isn't going to really affect things that much, number one. And number two, I kind of feel strongly about it. And number three, it just seems right to me. That's what the enemy said. Lucifer had a very similar confession before he became Satan. He got familiar because of pride also. Different details, same problem. Familiarity is very dangerous. It's something that we have to be very careful not to step into. It's very easy to do so. All you have to do is become a little more self-oriented than God-oriented and now familiarity has a wide open door. It can come through various means, but it's always in that self-oriented state. I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. You ever have that conversation with yourself? I know I have. I'm so tired. Bad conversation. Why don't I ever say, Jesus can really quicken me. The Holy Spirit inside of me can really quicken me. Isn't that like the better way of saying I'm so tired, but in truth? And it's not Sin to be tired, we're humans. But what are you confessing? That conversation that we have in our own mind is very important. It tells us a lot. People get careless with it, and the reason why they're careless with it is because they get familiar. Our relationship to Christ is absolutely everything. Young people learn that. Maybe you already know it. Our relationship to Christ is absolutely everything. I don't care who says what, who does what. I don't care what kind of education they seem to have. I don't care what kind of a position they seem to have, what kind of a job. I don't care if they're the president. I don't care if they're the janitor. Our relationship to God is absolutely everything because our lives are eternal. One of the reasons why familiarity can creep in very easily is because we don't consider that our lives are not an end but a beginning. In other words, somebody Goes through life, lives a certain number of years and dies. And we say to ourselves, their life has ended. No, it hasn't. They took their coat off. But their life has not ended. Have you ever gone home and taken your coat off? Did you die? Your physical body is not your life. As a matter of fact, it's your soul that makes your physical body alive. That's where what scientists call teleonomy comes from. It comes from the soul. It's the life force. Without that life force, you can't be alive. The source of that life force is the soul. The source of the life for your soul is the Holy Spirit. Familiarity disrupts that relationship but you're still eternal. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Satan said to Eve, does it make any sense to you that you should eat of any tree but not the best one, he got her to become familiar. Because all of a sudden she was starting to think outside of what the Word of God said with her own natural impressions which were extremely deceitful. When she looked at the most beautiful tree in the garden, and that's what Satan made an issue out of, the fact that it was such a splendid tree, she thought positive things. That's very deceitful. Just because something is beautiful doesn't make it positive, or just because something is not beautiful doesn't make it negative. She saw this absolutely magnificent tree and she thought, this is a great tree. He only gave her half the story. He said, look what a beautiful tree it is. And indeed, it was a beautiful tree. The part he didn't tell her is that in Ezekiel 31.18, it was Satan's tree. And that in itself was complete destruction we still experience the effect of that episode. We have an old sin nature because Satan said to Eve in the form of the serpent, does it make any sense to you, Eve? We get to experience the effects of that. Every human being that ever lived was affected by her bit of familiarity, not condemning her But that's what Satan introduced, familiarity. The word of God wasn't precious to her, and so it could be challenged. The heart of God wasn't precious to her, so it could be challenged. Truth wasn't precious to her, so it could be challenged. Now, he chose Eve. Why? Well, there's two basic reasons. Because women are created to be responsive, much more so than men. That's why in churches, often you get more women responding than men, because women are created to be responsive. However, the second reason is because God told Adam, you shall not eat from that tree. And Adam told Eve. It would have been harder to approach Adam. So Satan chose the easier person. Number one, she was responsive, so he knew it would be easier for her to consider what he said to her. Number two, God didn't say it directly to her, He said it to her through Adam. Well, that's kinda of like your pastor, as a principle. That's like receiving from your pastor. Your pastor said it because he received it from God, and then, the pastor gave you what he received. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, God commended the Thessalonians because they received the word of Paul like it was the word of God, because it was the word of God. When the Holy Spirit speaks to the pastor, it's the Holy Spirit's words. And so, we don't want to be familiar with that. When we go to church, and this is one of the places where it can show up, because it's easy to show up, especially in large churches. But I remember Pastor Stevens, he used to... He had a large church. It was quite a large church. And he used to really go to town on familiarity with people and he would nail it. And I remember one time, it was in Europe at a conference. It was the evening conference, the day everybody arrived. Everybody was really tired and those people who showed up. This one person sitting next to me fell asleep. And man, oh man, did Pastor Stevens nail that. Why? Familiarity. It's not that they were tired. But I'll tell you something, if you take it as that, especially if you take it as that valuable, you're not going to fall asleep. I don't care how tired you are, if Christ is preaching, you're going to be wide awake. And the Holy Spirit's inside of that person. Now, that's not to condemn people. Everybody gets tired. I understand that. That's not to condemn people. It's just what happens with us humans. There can be a tendency toward familiarity. If that tendency enters, I have to nip it in the butt. Because if I don't, it can do some damage. Not one person has left their call without becoming familiar first. Not one person has left their church without becoming familiar first. Not one person has left their life with God without becoming familiar first. No divorce has ever taken place without becoming familiar first. Why do people divorce, by the way? Because there's a lack of love. People don't divorce for money. People don't divorce for stress. All the stuff that people... People don't even divorce for personality differences. People divorce because somebody, at least one person, has to love within the relationship in order for the relationship to work. And it may be a ministry of love, but the relationship will still exist. When neither one has that willingness, ability, what have you, then you get things like divorce. Familiarity is poison. Young people learn this. Familiarity is poison. The reason why you want to avoid it is because it will take you away from God. And if you allow it to take you away from God, it will ruin you. If you are saved, you cannot lose that. But you can lose everything else. I used to know a pastor. I didn't know him very well, but I knew him. And he had gotten familiar. And the reason why he had gotten familiar was because he had achieved something that got some acclaim in the world, in the Christian world. And in order to maintain that, he had to separate himself from Dr. Stevens, who he was called to. Dr. Stevens trained him. And if it wasn't for Dr. Stevens, he would not have had what he needed in order to reach that acclaim because Dr. Stevens essentially gave it to him. But he took it, he ran with it, he received some acclaim from it and now he was taking some flack for his association with Dr. Stevens. Dr. Stevens was persecuted. I'll tell you right now, if a pastor is never persecuted, that's not a good sign. If the world is accepting of a pastor or a church, I'm not saying every individual, certainly there are going to be many individuals who come and grow and flourish, but I'm saying, generally speaking, if a church or a pastor never faces some form of persecution, some form of conspiracy, which is often the form of the persecution, if they never face evil reports being spread about them, there's something wrong. Jesus said, they're going to hate you, they hated me. They hated Jesus, but why do they love you? Yet nowadays, there are many people who are very interested in being loved by everybody. Not a good thing. There's a lot of people interested in being accepted by everybody. That's not a good thing. You stay true to Christ and there will be people who reject you for it. Who cares? I've always said I'm far more concerned about what God thinks of my message than what anybody else thinks of it. Because it's before God that I have to stand when I go to heaven and I'm at the Bema seat. Him that's going to be evaluating me, not anybody else. And that's where the eternal results are going to come in. It doesn't mean that I don't care about the people. I do. I care about them a lot. But their opinion is not as valuable to me as God's. You need to do that too. Young people, learn to do that. Don't worry about what people think about you at the cost of what God thinks about you. Yes, you'll care about people. Yes, you'll love people. Yes, they'll be a part of your life. God is your life. Don't ever let something take you away from that. If something is trying to take you away from that, it'll do it through familiarity. All of a sudden, this becomes shiny and the Word of God becomes dull. That's familiarity. Did the Word of God get dull? No. What it's reflecting is the heart hardening. And if the heart hardens, then you lose. Now, my greatest desire is to see the people in my church flourish. I want nothing more than for every person in my church to do incredibly well in time on earth in the things they do and in heaven to be extremely well rewarded. If familiarity sets in, that won't be realized if it stops being precious to you. It's not that you have to have an emotional response. Sometimes people think if something is precious, that is an emotional response. It's not about an emotional response. It's about recognizing and believing the value that it has, whether you're emotional about it or not. Because I'll guarantee you, if you're tired, if you're having a difficult day, All kinds of things can take the emotion out of it. But none of it depends on emotion. It's not related to emotion. It's related to faith. And so you keep away from familiarity by keeping yourself in the love of God And if you keep yourself in the love of God, it's going to be very difficult to become familiar. Because the love of God will become overwhelming to you. So you keep yourself in the love of God, and then you keep yourself in the faith of God. You do that through the word of God. Now, the last thing I'm going to say about it is this. If you don't apply what you hear, it will not be possible to stay out of familiarity because it never will become life to you. In order for faith to become real in a person's life, it's not just that you believe it's true. The devil believes it's true. But that you've actually applied the truth. That you use it. That it becomes the basis of your thinking. And once it becomes the basis of your thinking, it will also be the basis for your emotions, your self-image, the things you're aware of, and your decisions. So it'll take over your soul, and that's exactly what you want. Because you want the life of God taking over your soul. Without that, the only thing that's going to take over your soul is a natural death. Those are the only two options. You may think you have life outside of the Word of God, outside of God. You have biological life. Your coat is alive. But you're not your coat. You are who you are in your soul. That's what you want to take care of. Your code is important only in as much as it serves you here on earth. I'm not saying it has no value. I'm saying it's not the most important thing. The soul is what's really important. Familiarity will cut your soul off from God. That's why Satan introduces it. That's what happened in the garden. That's why the old sin nature exists. Because one person was brought into familiarity by the enemy and then their decisions as a result of familiarity destroyed all of humanity in the sense of bringing in an old sin nature. The problems people have today they have because of that. They can all be traced to that. And they can all be traced to their own familiarity. Watch out for familiarity, guys. Never get to the point where the Word of God is no longer precious. Where God Himself, your relationship to God, where that's not precious. Now, mind you, it's not because of your emotions. You may not feel anything. It's not about feelings. It's about faith. And faith is different than feelings. If you apply what you receive, then you will be, to a large measure, protected against familiarity. If you don't apply it, it's going to be hard to avoid familiarity. Now, the end result of not being familiar is a rich relationship with God and that will continue to grow. A rich relationship with God will then produce things like joy in your life, contentment, satisfaction. All the things that people long for in the world and they can't seem to achieve come through a rich relationship with God. They want a sense of fulfillment, a sense of value. Yeah, my life means something. Well, that comes from a rich relationship with God. They want to be happy. Joy comes from a relationship with God. They want to be satisfied. They want to be content. Yeah, that comes from a relationship with God. All the things that people long for come from a relationship with God. Familiarity steals that from you. So be careful about familiarity Protect your heart. And the number one thing you're protecting your heart from is familiarity. Protect your heart. If I could just plant in your mind and your heart certain things and just somehow impart to you the understanding and the application of it, But really, you have to do that. I can't do that for you. I can tell you about it. But then you have to have a relationship with God also. A pastor can't do that for you. He can show you how. He can't do it for you. If I could plant this in your hearts, cherish your relationship to God value it, protect it. In order to do that, cherish your relationship to the Word of God. Because the Word of God became flesh. It's one and the same. God and His Word are the same person. Protect it, value it. Don't let it slip away from you. That familiarity is a killer. And a lack of it If you can avoid it, if you can have that rich relationship with God, you find absolutely everything that you could possibly hope for. People say, well, I hope for money. Why? So that I can get things. Why? So I can have certain satisfaction or happiness or whatever. God gives you that happiness whether you have money or not. That means if you hope to achieve that with money, I can take your money away and you lose your joy. You can't lose your joy with God. You can if you decide to become familiar. But if you protect that relationship, nobody can take it from you. I read a thing about certain countries the other day that are now trying to make Christianity even more difficult. And they're throwing Christians in prison because they're trying to end Christianity in their countries. It's not going to happen. Why? Because Christianity is a relationship with God. You cannot take away a relationship with God from someone. You have to try to get them to give it away. But the countries that persecute Christians the most, those are the countries where Christians have the richest relationships with God. They are actually working against themselves by trying to make it illegal. We see that in our country. Christianity has been protected by law. All religions have. And Christianity is fading. You get someplace like China or Iran, places that are taking a stand against Christianity and Christianity is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Because you can't steal a relationship with God. You can't remove that. And if you kill the person, you're just going to put them in heaven. That's not something that can be taken from you. But Satan can get you to give it away. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you don't know where you're going to go when you die, simply pray, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for me so I can have eternal life with you. Amen.